Ambers. You're listening to Ashes to Ashes Spooky Podcast. I am Ash. And I'm Laura. We are so excited because we're going to dive into our first actual true crime story. I know the first episode I did was about the Velisca Axe murder house. And yes, that was a true crime. But I also cover the spooky, scary, ghosty bits that go along with it. This one, not so much. We're going to hit a little bit more close to home. Something I didn't realize. um, That was in my neck of the woods until I was in a pharmacy. Not even looking for anything spooky related. And I came across a book. It happened to deal with my hometown. <laughs> so I'm like, Laura, check this out. Did you get it? No, I didn't get it, but I looked it up. I I, I saved that picture. And then I found <laughs> an article from the Gazette. So if you're not from here and you ever want to venture over this far to Iowa, Okay, we're fine. We're fine. We don't, we're not like LA or anything, but I don't know. If you like going to cities that don't have a lot to offer, here you go. Come to Cedar Rapids. Anyway, um, so downtown, we have this apartment complex, and it's constructed or renovated from this old old hotel called the Roosevelt before you even ask no it's not the Roosevelt that Marilyn Monroe stayed in she's not floating around in this one but before before these apartments there was there was this this grand hotel and uh, things weren't so great in the late 40s. I'm going to now unleash the story of the Gazettes, the time machines. We're going back, blast from the past here. Murder of Passion. So Margaret Bell, she's a cleaning service lady. She was cleaning room 729. That's going to be like eight stories up if you think about it. Because the lobby's on the first. That's going to be really... I, I forget how tall these buildings are. And I live here. It's usually based on first floor is the ground... Is either the ground floor or the main floor. Mm-hmm. And then and second. Up, right? I mean, you're in this industry. I'm not, so... Well, yeah, we'll have um, rooms that will be 300s. I'd be on the third floor. Right, depending on which floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't know, like, with these grand hotels, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, yeah, the first set of rooms is going to be on the first floor. Now, that's typically where, like, the the pool or the lobby or whatever. So, and then they start the... Anyway, sidetrack. So... Margaret Bell was cleaning room 729 at the Roosevelt Hotel on Tuesday, December 14th, 1948. 
When a man came in and asked how much longer she would be, assuming he was the room's occupant, she replied, well, about 10 minutes, and then he left. He returned in five minutes, out of breath from climbing the stairs, he said. He, He waited until she finished and was there when she left the room. Seven flights of stairs? No thanks! I barely go up my two and I'm Sorry, I'm getting sidestrapped. No thanks. There has to have been an elevator in the 40s, right? Yeah, but it would be kind of wonky or I think people still have these um superstitions about elevators. I mean, I don't like elevators, so I would probably honestly I, I think would it's the very the first elevator ever. Scary stuff and then they was. go and they crash and then you're dead. No thanks. So the next morning after 7 a.m. um Margaret Bell entered the room thinking its occupant had checked out and found a man's body on the floor, face down in a pool of blood. She ran to the elevator and told the elevator girl to tell the assistant manager or the bell captain to come up. Okay, they did have elevators. I was just jumping ahead. Bellman Arnold Lair felt for pulse and finding none, he returned to the lobby and called the hotel officials and the coroner. Coroner? Coroner. Coroner. I'm saying it too much. Now I'm questioning if it's a real word. (laughs) Coroner. Detective Tom Condon The first policeman on the scene called for help. Inspector of Detectives Bill Kudra Kudra We're calling him Bill. Detectives Bill was assigned the case and police established headquarters in room 723. Several floors from the murder scene. Wait. They must. Okay, that's several floors. Oh, several doors. I can't read. I can't read. It's. Guys, I can't read in case you didn't know. Several doors from the murder scene. When they were settled in, the hotel sent up lunch, and by 2 30, they were approximately. Um was three was little progress in finding out who the committed who committed the murder so they, they're like we got nothing so far what they knew was that the victim was a byron hatman hatman age 29 and was an instrument designer in the aircraft um in, in st louis he was a married a Marine Corps veteran, really tall, six foot two, and 180 pounds. So like this lengthy, lengthy, lengthy dude. 
Hammond's arrived in Cedar Rapids on Monday, December 13th from St. Louis. And then he was a contract um, liaison who was um, conferring with Collins. Okay, so he was sent to go to what was what is now Collins Aerospace to go to Rockwell Collins and work with them. Yes, I was wondering about that. I'm like, oh, he must have been going to Rockwell Collins. At that yeah, time. rest in peace, Rockwell Collins. You're now Aerospace. Bought. They were bought. They bought out. Yeah, they were bought, and then they renamed to Collins Aerospace, I believe. So between 5.15 and 6 p.m. on Tuesday, December 14th, he left his 1948 Buick convertible in the downtown Loop garage that served the Roosevelt. Sometime later, he was stabbed in his room. Coroner Robert Roche determined the immediate cause of death was a stab wound in Hammond's lower left chest. A wound administered words are hard today administered with such force that he broke his seventh rib and pierced his heart and liver. Other injuries included several gashes in his head and a badly cut finger as well as a black eye and bruised lips. All four of the walls of the room were splattered with blood and there was blood on the bedspread and the floor and the blood-soaked towel and the, and the toilet bowl. The murder weapon was not found. Heaven's billfold was beside him with no money in it, but his expensive watch was still on his arm. The key to the room was found under the bed near the body, but Heaven's glasses were missing. That's odd. Maybe he dropped It's a possibility. Like, why would you need someone else's... Else's fingerprints? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious about the autopsy report. Mm -hmm. We'll have to do, like, a follow-up part two. Police urged people to be on the lookout for a man with bruises on his face or masks of, of a fight. Rumors flew for several days, many centering around Hammond's job. Could it have been a murder for company secrets? By Friday, the truth was beginning to come out. A story the Gazette had sat on for several days in order not to hinder the police investigation. Pieces of the puzzles were dropped into the hands of authorities one by one. First, Bell, the maid, told them about room 729. When shown a picture of Hatman, she said that wasn't the man she saw. Then Hatman's accessories told police that he talked about um, trouble with the with the doctor in St. Louis over um, on the phone with the doctor's wife. Um, and then Mrs. B. Nichols, a credit manager, at Handler Motor Company reported that an odd incident with a St. Louis man who had a water pump replaced had a water pump replaced on its car 
Short of cash, he gave several Cedar Rapids references to establish credit. When he called from St. Louis the next day to say he was sending a check, she was suspicious. None of his references references were real. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. So I'm thinking that this guy that this Mrs. Nichols lady is the guy that did it. Because he's trying to set up to go to Cedar Rapids. Are you following? We have to do an open case file here. We have to reopen the case now. I feel like I have to go to the courthouse and recover any evidence that was open to the public. Mm-hmm. This like, would be... And maybe go to the hotel? That'd be... That'd be interesting. But it's an apartments now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got remodeled, so it's apartments. So I wonder, we'd have to look on, like, public records somewhere. Like, besides this news article. But yeah, I thought this would be a cool little, like, oh, hey, this actually, like, stuff actually happens in our town. And unfortunately, it's not the great kind, but, um, it, it happened. But yeah, that- the only places I can think of is library archives, um, yeah. courtroom documents, mm-hmm. uh, uh, coroner's offices, and autopsy reports. This is definitely something. Well, I mean, we're not, you know, a a true crime podcast, but I mean, you know, we'll cover it like Villisca, for example, you know, if if anything spooky is related to it. Um, But I thought this would, you know, as as we're starting out our first year, I want to try different stuff. And, you know, kind of see what works, see what the listeners want to listen to. And true crime was was on there, so um, I thought that was really interesting. I wonder. Let me take a look again. What I'm wondering is how deep down the true hole we're willing to go down. And then, so. Bruner reported from oh wait hang on I gotta back up so a taxi driver picked up a man from the Roosevelt at about 6pm the night of the murder and then the man had he had bandages over his right eye and then the Gazette police reporter Lou Brewer was the only Cedar Rapids newsman in St. Louis to cover the arrest of pediatrician Dr. Robert Brutledge on a charge of first-degree murder. Dick Everett, a St. Louis Star-Times reporter who had previously worked at the Gazette, also kept in touch with the city desk. As soon as the arrest occurred, the city editor was informed at KCRG broadcast the story when it came on the air at 6 a.m. Um, um, I wonder if KCRG still has those records. Maybe something interesting. Because, like, I've asked people, like, hey, did you know this happened at the Roosevelt? And they're, like, in the 40s, and they're, like, what? No, I just know it's an apartment building, you know? 
that's that's really eye-opening mm-hmm. though yeah that's i'll link this um this news article to the um face the facebook fan page and then but- we'll have to uh We'll have to do like a part two because this is, I know this is supposed to be just like, oh, this is something that happened, but we're going to have to dig deeper into this one. We This doesn't give us very much information to kind of go off of. We, no. we just know that a pediatrician I mean, got uh, accused of these crimes. Right. Like it, it's a start. It's a start. But like, yeah, that'd be cool to kind of go through the records. Maybe we'll do that um, with Cassandra. So originally we're supposed to have Cassandra on as a guest, but I think there is some confusion with start times and um, I go to bed within two hours after we we start recording. So I think we just got a little mix up with our time zones, but I'll have to bring this up and we'll have to do a collaboration episode and really dive into this story because that'd be a neat one to look into. I'm like in research mode already. have kind of a smirk on my face so with that said um i know we've been kind of keeping it light these past few weeks we've kind of got a lot planned and going on and we have things planned um we have guests that are in the calendar we have some of our favorite topics in the calendar but until then you can Listen to all of our previous episodes if you're uh, new here at ashes to ashes spooky podcast.com. Leave a review on is it Apple and Spotify? Is that just the only two? There's Facebook too. Well, yeah, but like listening platforms. Oh, iTunes. Um, I think we're on Apple Music too. Yep. So it's Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast um yeah well this like i said gonna have to dig deep into this one i'm i'm excited for this one i wasn't originally because it didn't have any like spooky ghosts attached to it but uh no no this is this is good i'm gonna have to look into like one of those microphones that you can kind of just bring with you and it records uh while you kind of like the old school news like when they reach out to you and be like such and such Here's my yeah, question. but they, there's some there's some very modern kinds. Like they're kind of like voice recorders, but mm-hmm. they have a microphone attached, and it's just a digital recorder, pretty much. Okay. Awesome. Well, until then, until next time, nightly embers. Remember, we would love a review. We still want your emails at ashes to ashes spooky podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your stories. We want to have campfire stories. Spread the word, spread the love. We can't get out there if you don't, if people don't know about us. And as always, stay spooky. Bye. Hello, Nightly Embers. It's Ash here. Wanted to do a quick announcement for this week's episode. Unfortunately, I had some technical difficulties on my end, so we tried our best to clean up the audio as much as we could. So if my voice 
or audio in general from my side of things is terrible. I apologize in advance, but we didn't want to miss this opportunity to work with the guest we had on this week.